Hooray! Let's talk about boys doing dumb things. Oh, where will we begin or end? (laughs) I mean, seriously. (laughs) Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Dallas Stars. We're joined, as we always are, by the incredible Taylor Baird of NHL.com, of Defending Big D, of 4HockeyFans.com, probably of 17 other things because she's incredible. Taylor, how are you doing? Hanging in. Just ready for the season to actually start. I'm not convinced yet that it has started for the Dallas Stars, if I'm being honest. I mean, I feel like until you get to like 15 games, nothing is real anyway. So, Well, Dallas started, they dropped the puck on a Thursday and then didn't play again until a Tuesday. So like, that's wild. What what are we doing here? (laughs) So before we get into what's been happening this season, since we haven't seen the Stars in a little while, if you could run down anything interesting that happened in the offseason, that would be great. Really do much of interest, I would would argue. Um, 95% of their team is the same as the team that went to the Western Conference Final last year, as the team One that would think, yeah, that you wouldn't went to much. the Stanley Cup in the bubble a couple of years, seasons ago. So for the most part, they've, they've pretty much relied on internal, internal update upgrades. What's the word I'm looking for? Improvements? Whatever. There upgrades, we go. Upgrades work. Internal yeah. upgrades. Uh, you know, Wyatt Johnson coming in, having a monster year last year. Uh, several guys knocking on the door. Thomas Harley going down to the AHL last season, playing there most of the time, having a wonderful showing in the playoffs. Uh, kind of looks like he's taken that and run with it. Looks really solid so far to start. Um, I think the biggest thing that honestly changed is that out of nowhere, Nashville decides. Matt Duchesne, peace <laughs> out. We don't want any more of you. And Dallas said, we'll take that. And sign into a little tidy one-year, $3 million uh, contract. I believe it's three. And um, kind of was the bell of the ball almost, so to speak, of this incredible top to middle six talent that came available seemingly out of nowhere. And before you knew it, he was signed to Dallas. Um, <laughs> they were... In the conversation with a lot of top tier, top flight trade and free agent candidates, which is really nice and kind of a, a lovely change for us here in Dallas. Um, kind of interesting to be referred to as a premier destination for those that level of player, but um, they seem to be building something really good here. Well, once again, it seems like many of the smart hockey people that we tend to observe, um, are picking Dallas to win the cup again. Uh, are you heading into the season with that high a bar, or are you kind of a little bit more cautious with the way you feel so far? What about preseason feelings versus <laughs> now that they've played a few games? Um, no, I think for the most part, there's a lot of reasons to believe that Dallas should be a Stanley Cup contender this year. Mm-hmm. Um out of anyone, I think, that is kind of considered that contender level, the, they have a lot of things that over a lot of those teams that they don't have, such as depth at every position, organizationally, not just at the NHL level. They've got NHL level or NHL caliber talent playing in the AHL right now. They have 
honestly, also an actual number one goaltender, which, you know, I kind of always looked at, oh, the Edmonton Oilers should win the cup this year. And I go, with what goaltending? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Carolina should be a cup, cup contender this year. Will their goaltender stay healthy? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like Toronto should win the cup this year. With what goaltending? I mean, it's, it's the one thing that they have that is not really a question mark is Jake Ottinger. He's yeah. been absolutely fantastic to start the year um, and probably has saved Dallas's behinds a couple of times already early on because Dallas hasn't looked quite combobulated yet. They've, they've looked out of sync. Um, and it's funny to say that staring down a 2-0-1 record, taking five of six points already in the year. I mean, if you're going to look bad and do that, I think every team would take that all year long, but um, it's kind of amazing to me and gives for me personally a lot of reasons to believe that they have something special in the making because if you look bad and you're taking that many points, then what's going to happen when you look good? Exactly. And you saying that Ottinger has been kind of saving the teams, but makes sense looking at how the three games have gone a two to one shootout win over the blues, three to two shootout loss to the golden Knights and a three to two win over the Ducks. That's a lot of overtime already. They need to chill with the overtime. It's an 8 p.m. start for us here in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't need an overtime. No, thank you. Let's, let's not. <laughs> they did two of those overtimes in the Pacific time zone with a 9 or 9.30 start local Disrespectful. for us here in Dallas. So, <laughs> they, <laughs> so the Stars are like one of the worst teams in overtime last year. And I guess they decided that, you know what, we're going to prove that we won't be that this year. They decided to come out and play every single one of them. <laughs> I was just waiting for Anaheim to score again and send it to overtime if I'm being real on Thursday because, I mean, like, why not? So who are just three games into the season? Why not give everybody heart attacks already? Why not? So outside of Ottinger, who's obviously been very good, is there anyone else who's stuck out for you as performing particularly well so far? I kind of mentioned Thomas Harley is did, has yeah. looking good. Um, he's looking like a bona fide second pairing stalwart. Like he can he can lead that second pairing and and chip in offensively. He's got a little bit of a nasty bite to his game, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool to see because Mira Haskinen does not do that because he doesn't need to because Mira Haskinen will just he will just skate on around your ass, um, which is lovely, but. Uh, but also we've seen him and Haskinen, Harley and Haskinen as a pairing together these kind of late in the games or if they're kind of trailing or need a goal or need something to get going offensively. And that's looking pretty good as a, you know, obviously small sample sizes and all that fun caveats. But um, he's really impressed. I think he's looked really good. Uh, Wyatt Johnson has also, to me, been probably their best all-around forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all three games, uh, Rupe hints notwithstanding, because we, we stand Rupe, but um, <laughs> he also wasn't available for the first game. And, you know, I think the thing that the, the forwards haven't don't look quite sorted. I think a lot of that could be based on the fact that they haven't had a healthy lineup throughout all of training camp. And realistically, I think there are still got some guys that are a little bit banged up 
Um, and so you kind of, you're kind of giving them a little benefit of the doubt here that maybe they just need a few more of these. And then also the schedule does not help, but maybe as they start to get into a regular rhythm, you know, everything starts to round back into form. Um, speaking of injuries, the internet is telling me that Rupe Hints is day to day. Is that true? Or is he definitely playing in this game? In the last two. So. Oh, okay. That does not sound day to day to me. The internet is full of lies. <laughs> I'm not sure who's saying day to day. I honestly, though, like I think that Ruby Hints, when he was when he had a upper body injury to start a couple of seasons ago, I think it was. They always kind of considered him day to day. He he didn't practice a lot. He had a lot of maintenance days. Um, they essentially were just trying to rest him and keep him in a good enough shape to play every game, and and that's all that you could hope for. So. I mean, realistically, not to get like super deep, but aren't we all just kind of day to day, really? I've never not been day to day a single moment in my life. <laughs> I'm currently day to day. So yeah, I think if anything, things to watch out for in terms of Dallas Stars lineup changes. Uh, Jason Robertson took a pretty, pretty brutal hit. Uh, kind of looked like he got popped in the collarbone awkwardly. Ooh. Um. He did return in that game from Anaheim when he took that hit. He did return and continued to play and didn't look hampered, but sometimes those things do have a tendency to crop up. Um, so that's something I would look for to see if Jason Robertson, who was their leading goal scorer, leading point skitter last year, um, could potentially end up not playing on Saturday. Uh, so I'd look for that. And then... I don't think there's been really much reason to change anything on the defense. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that the, the coaching staff has come out and said that they don't want Scott Wedgwood to sit for too long, that they want to get him game action. So when I, we were looking at the schedule and talking about it, I actually kind of pegged maybe Philly as a game that he could be a potential starter for instead of Ottinger. Yeah. Um, non, you know, non-divisional, non-conference game. Flyers bad. Yeah. <laughs> Should on paper beat them, you know, all the usual caveats of why not start your, your starter. But, um, you, you know, and they have a relatively, like, they're not playing a lot of, uh, like, they must have a pretty backloaded or, um, schedule or something because October is actually fairly kind to the Stars to start. Um, so they have a couple of days between their next game. They'll play Saturday. They'll play Tuesday. They'll play Thursday. Tuesday's a road game. Thursday's at home. So I could see them maybe going for Wedgwood and giving Ottinger a little time off after he uh, had to pull out some heroics in some of those games. He had just phenomenal goaltending duel against Jordan Bennington, of all people. Also, like, St. Louis, what are you? What they is that? Truly, what are they? <laughs> Even when they won the cup, I don't know what they were. Dallas always struggles with them, and I think it's because they're just – they like to set up in the neutral zone and really kill your your mm. vibe in the neutral zone. And, and Dallas is a team that really enjoys uh, playing off the rush. So uh, they, they tend to struggle a little bit more against those more structured teams like that. But um, I don't know. Anyway. It's very, it's very depressing when you settle into the reality that – every other fan in the league is looking at their team schedule and seeing a Flyers game coming up and being like, yeah, that's the one you start the backup. 
That's the easy win. Pencil it in. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah, it's, it's just like, ah, uh, oh, yeah, we yeah, are that I've definitely team. been there. Rightfully um, so. <laughs> whereas now, you know, and, and, and I asked some of the guys about this in training camp and kind of to start the year, you know, I said, we all know you can't win the season to start, but you can definitely lose your season. Sure can. Early on. And like, how do you balance that with the fact that because you're Stanley Cup contenders, every team's going to come in here, you're always going to face the starter. You're always going to get their best game because they see that as a measuring stick and our can yeah. we hang. And I mean, I think it's been proven out so far that St. Louis played them hard. Vegas and Dallas, like, oh my God, that could have, if that had been a playoff game, that probably would have gone four overtimes at this point. Um, because they were so evenly matched and, you know, and then Anaheim played them hard. Although I talked about that one and I said, I feel like maybe in the first period of that one, I think there was a little bit of a hangover almost, so to speak. Mm. You're playing the team again that eliminated you, that went on to win the cup. And, you know, Dallas was trying to prove themselves against Vegas. Mm -hmm. So I think they kind of were a little bit asleep at the wheel to start against Anaheim. And, and the problem that Dallas is going to have is they can't take any opponent lightly because when you're a contender, everybody wants to knock you off. Everybody's going to be ready to go against you. You don't get the option to not be ready to go against them. That's a really great point because even like the stupid flyers that like any measuring stick for them this season is just like a pointless exercise. But even even me, I'm like looking at this game because they have been, I'm not going to say good. I'm going to say better than expected so far this season. And so even even me, I'm like looking at this Dallas game like, okay, this is the first like, you know, real test to see if the Flyers are actually playing better or if they've just been getting lucky against, you know, mid to bad teams. So yeah, you're right. Like even the dumb Flyers that have absolutely no shot in anything this year are probably going to take it to the stars in this game as best they can, just because I'm sure for them, they also want to beat the good team. It would not surprise me if Dallas pops off for a 6-1 win. <laughs> oh, oh God. That's, I mean, that, yeah, that feels right. Um, okay. So I notoriously play, like, no attention to the Western Conference for the entirety of the regular season. A, because I'm very lazy. B, because I keep old lady hours. And the games just start entirely too late for me to pay attention to hours in a day. <laughs> so when I think of the Dallas Stars, like as like a very casual observer of them, I always think of like their defense being super sick. And I guess maybe that's just because of Heiskanen being like such the star that he is as, as far as players go. But the offense is like stacked pretty friggin' high too. Um, so if you were to, to say like what is the strongest part of the Stars game, what would that be for you? Man, can't say uh, everything. <laughs> it's, it's unfair if you say everything. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, right this moment in, in the, where they are at this point in time with the season and how it's kind of starting to unfold, it's the goaltending. Um, they are they are getting really great goaltending from Jake Ottinger. Uh, 
I mean, I'm looking at the goals against and they're top five already. Some of that's defense. A lot of it is Ottinger um, and the mm-hmm. way he's been playing. Uh, also, Miro Haskinen. Just really, anytime Miro's on the ice is going to be really good, minus when he's on the ice with Ryan Suter. But that's <laughs> a whole different dissertation that could be had, and it would I'd be going on until the game bug drops tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say their penalty kills also looked fairly strong. The power play has not, but it finally broke through after going over seven, I think, to start. Um, yeah, goaltending. We're going with that right now. That's where it is today. Who's normally paired with Heiskanen? <laughs> I mean, NHL coaches, I feel like, love to staple the worst defenseman to the best defenseman. Some of that, I, I don't know. There's, I think it's hard when you know somebody who, by reputation and by body of work, is supposed to be good at this. Mm. It's hard for everybody to match the eyeball test with the Stats test with the father time test with <laughs> all of those things. And, and you know, I, I think that there's always a little ego at play regardless on any side of who's making the decision or the, whether it's the coach, the player, whatever. Um, there's always ego involved when you're dealing with elite athletes like that. They all want to be the, the person. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And some of it, and it's kind of unfair because I think that also Suter probably falls more in the middle from where most people think he is for those people who think that he should be sailed off into the sun and let him go to the n- nice grassy knolls of retirement. They would say that he is terrible, awful, doesn't make any good plays ever. And uh, he's not as bad as they think. And then people who claim that he can still keep up and, you know, is the second best defenseman on this team, he's not as good as you think he is. And he definitely makes his mistakes. So he's kind of in the middle. And I think that, unfortunately, defensemen, more than anybody, get an unhealthy share of the blame when the defense breaks down. Yeah. And unless you are a student of the game or truly understand coverage assignments and and all of those things, like there's a lot of times where I feel like he gets hung out to dry by his forwards. The difference Mm. is that when it happens to Haskin and you don't notice because it's never a problem, when it happens to Suter, he doesn't have necessarily the mobility or the skating to be able to get back and and fix it before it becomes a problem. So he's somewhere in the middle, but we have started to see a little bit of shuffling. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised uh, last year, the Dallas stars managed Jamie Ben's minutes a lot more. Um, And he had a, a renaissance is what we called it. Um, (laughs) He, he had his best offensive career like year in five or six seasons um managing his minutes playing less and he was more effective and so 
I think there's also a blueprint there that says for some of these guys that are older or have a lot more wear and tear on their bodies, if we just scale you back a little bit, maybe, and he's already, to be fair, Cedar has already been scaled back. He's not running the second power play right now. Thomas Harley and Nils Lundqvist have been getting some time on that, on that front. Um, so they're finding ways to potentially take some of his number, his time on ice down, um, you know, with the intention of trying to make him more effective in the minutes he does play and keep him fresher through the whole season into the playoffs. So makes sense. The Ryan Suter experiment persists. <laughs> Is there any giant glaring weakness on this team? You know, it's really funny because I think everybody said defense was going to be their glaring weakness, and I'm sitting here going, no, they're, they're, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's been fine so far. They've, I mean, one goal against in the first game, two in the second game, two in the third game. I mean, anytime you're averaging two or less goals against not bad in this league is, is really good. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> uh, they don't get off to really good starts, and mm. that is something that has been a thing for a number of years, and, and through several coaching changes has not changed. It's just like <laughs> a core part of their identity now, and we have no idea what it's like. It's like a problem on a car. I know that my brakes don't sound right, but I don't know what the problem is, and every time I take them to the mechanic and say, it makes this crunchy noise, they go, well, we couldn't recreate it. There's no problem. Or we looked and your brake pads are fine. And it's like, but I'm telling you that something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody can figure it out. So I think that's, that's the Dallas Stars and, and starts. I, I, I don't, we don't get it. Um, And I do think that right now, you know, I think their offense just kind of looks out of sync. Their timing mm. just isn't quite there. Um, There's a lot of new line mates so to speak um I think Duchesne you know settling into the system and then with Ruby Hens being out and Wyatt Johnson being out guys have been kind of all over the map so there haven't been consistent lines enough to really get them going um even the top line has kind of looked human but then you say that and you look at the Anaheim game and you say well they they scored like three goals and you go yeah, but they look human. Um, so, yeah. All start. right. That's where they're inhuman. I mean, we're three games in. This You gave me more information that I could have possibly hoped for, given that you've watched three official Dallas Stars games. It's just such a weird time. It, I, I think it was Jim Montgomery, who now coaches in Boston. When he was in Dallas, he said that he likes to evaluate – his team like in 10 game chunks. And so I kind of took that to heart and I was like, honestly, I think he's kind of right. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to draw massive conclusions about the team until they get like, you know, a fifth of the way through the season or whatever. And, and so I always kind of say there is no reacting for me until at least 10 because small sample sizes. Yep. The opponents haven't evened out. Your home and road schedule might be completely out of whack. Um, you could be playing heavily against one particular division or conference, and just because that's how the schedule came out, and so it's hard to be like, "Yeah, these are the problems," or "Hey, this didn't work." Dell needs a thing. Also, um, 
it's it's just really interesting to me too because Dallas continues to be part of these rumors and um the latest one being Patrick Kane gonna sign in Dallas and I'm just sitting there going oh no with what money because also Dallas why also in what place I I mean like unless there is somebody that's truly struggling in that top nine he's I not don't good anymore like let, it, off the let it go yeah what are we doing so ah uh, yeah, but I mean, but that's the thing, I guess, about being a contender, too, is every time any person of any talent becomes available, there's likely to be rumors of Dallas yeah. being in on it or a preferred destination. And I'm like, <laughs> I could prefer to get paid a million dollars a year. Doesn't mean somebody's going to actually pay me a million dollars a year. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> so, Did we'll you see yeah. how that plays out. Did you see Micah's Miro Haskinen shirt on Twitter.com? But if we really want to talk about a true viral moment, mm-hmm. it is Tyler Sagan forgetting his ID and be having to pull up on his phone his NHL headshot from this season to prove that he is part of the Dallas Stars when they were in Vegas. That is incredible. Of course it happened to Tyler Sagan. He is... <laughs> he's a little forgetful, we'll say. He likes to... He, he tends to lose things, from mm. what I understand. Um, and uh, not the first time I think he's misplaced an ID. Uh, probably won't be the last. But the funny part was the security guard telling him like like no no or whatever and he's like pulling it up on his phone and you can see the pictures with the screenshot on his phone of him clearly dressed in his Dallas Stars uniform um and then he holds it up next to his face and <laughs> smiles with the biggest cheesiest smile like yeah that's me <laughs> it's just I don't I know why to ask him about this because I need to know the whole story now it never occurred to me that they had to have identification. I just assumed they walked into everywhere they go. Like, I don't know if they get off a bus. Right. There's stars on it. But I There's think a whole that, horde of them. Yeah. Well, I, I think that in Vegas, the a lot of teams don't bus into the arena because usually they're staying at a hotel like mm. right along the strip. And so I think that they they walk in, and if you're walking from your hotel, some guys will stop for coffee or whatever. And so I don't think that they come over in a group. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. But it always kind of amuses me because I'm like, what person goes to a hockey game willingly as a fan dressed in a three piece suit? Also, nobody. I about that. So that would be weird. But also, that they're, is, they're so tall, all of them. But. When you see them in street clothes outside outside of their gear, a lot of those guys actually look like just normal dudes. Hockey players are the most normal looking professional athletes, I think. Unless you see them from certain angles. Like if you looked at their quads or their ass. Yeah, their giant butts. You'd probably go, okay, that's a hockey player. But you would also have to know that that's a hockey player's body. So I don't know. Couldn't happen to a better guy on the Dallas Stars, though, because Tyler probably just rolled with it and found it hilarious. But 
Um, That's a great story. That's the funniest thing that I think has happened um, so far. And then also Jason Robertson is starting to turn into memes because he has a face that reacts very well when he and Scott Wedgwood go at it and practice. Um, there's a really funny video on the Dallas Star social media of Wedgwood basically saying that Robertson had been voted off of the island, survivor style, and then takes his, his glove and like puts it on the top of his stick as if he's stuffing out the flame. <laughs> Which I'm not even certain Jason Robertson gets that reference because age difference. Right. <laughs> um, but then Jason Robertson just looks at the camera with this like deadpan face and just stares at the camera like this guy. And then <laughs> he turns to Scott Wedgwood and then takes a water bottle and basically just blasts him straight in the face. And Wedgwood was not expecting it. And so... Um, the antics, the vibes are good, I would say, around the Dallas Stars, sounds, even if, even like if they're a little forgetful. <laughs> I, I'm starting to believe that vibes are the most important thing in sports, to be quite honest with you. It seems like good that, vibes lead to good things. Yeah, it's a singular thing that every sports team that wins a championship seems to have mm-hmm. that nobody can truly quantify Mm -mm. the impact of of just knowing of just this innate belief that not only do you have the talent the depth the capabilities um but also that you like each other exactly yeah want to go to battle with those guys next to you and Mm -hmm. win it all so it's it's the singular I think it's a singular thing that really keeps us all coming back because otherwise it's just 20 boys with knives on their feet and sticks <laughs> in their hands. I mean, to be fair, sold. That sounds great. Um, give me a prediction for a final score of this game. Oh, I already said I'm going to stick by my 6-1. Six 6-1? Six one? They seem uh, to offensively to break out like any moment now. <laughs> and the Flyers' defense is... A little sus, so say, yeah, it's a little, a little, a little something. Um, Carter Hart though has been good so far, so maybe he can stand on his head. I'm gonna be a little more generous, and I'm gonna say the Stars will win four to two. Take them by six one, but ah, nice. results still the same. So yeah, I'll take exactly. it either way. You'll get the two points, I think. Unless, honestly, if the Flyers win this game, I'm going to be, like, my worldview is going to be, like, shaken to its core, and I'm not really going to know how to how to react. The Carolina Hurricanes just got smacked by the Seattle Kraken, so, I mean, anything can happen this early in the season. That's why hockey's the best. I mean, Matt Shane did say early in the season, you either get really tight games or you get pond hockey. Mm. I asked Jake Ottinger which he preferred, and he said, oh, that's easy. Goalies hate pond hockey, so. <laughs> I would imagine that they do. We got a little goalie duel going on either, so. Where can people find you on the internet? On Twitter, because we do not call it by its proper name. Um, it is Twitter never. forever and ever. Uh, at Taylor D. Baird. You can also find my work at 
NHL.com and DefendingBigD.com and FourHockeyFans.com. All right, Taylor, thank you so much for doing this with me. This was outstanding. I feel like we got a ton of really good information about the Dallas Stars. So thank you so much. I hope that you enjoy the game. I hope both teams have fun out there. I hope it does not go to overtime because I will be a sleepyhead. And uh, yeah, go Flyers because we'll see what happens. <laughs> Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.